the thing I think about is how much I didn't have and didn't realize I didn't have it until I moved into the dorms and then you would you would see that the person next to you actually had a computer and and he actually had a phone. I mean, it was a struggle. I mean, you know, when, when you're an athlete and you live in the dorms, you don't get any money uh, because all your scholarship money goes towards your food and, and your living. Um, and then when spring ball is over, the food stops. So you really have to kind of have either money in the bank or parents that can pay for that. Um, but some of the funny stories, man, I mean, uh, you know, we, we used to do some things that were just kind of stupid, but we were little kids, you know, um, we didn't have a lot of money to eat. So what we would do is, you know, in those days when they would deliver pizza, they never locked the doors. So what we would do is we'd order five pizzas for the different dorms. And when the pizza man went to go deliver pizza for one dorm, we'd open the door, grab a two to three of them and run back to the dorm so we could eat dinner. Because <laughs> we didn't have no food. Live from Gil Silva Family Studio in Salinas, California, the salad bowl of the world. Welcome to the podcast designed to inspire the only one built with ganas. You're going to work harder than you ever worked before. And the only thing I ask from you is ganas, desire, haircut. If you don't have the ganas, I will give it to you because I'm an expert. From the founders of Gill Basketball Academy that empowers youth to play hard, work hard, study hard, and overcome obstacles. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you you can't do it. You want something, go get it. Period. Real interviews with real people about real life. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. And now it's time for Ganas, leading from the heart. This episode was sponsored by Plaza Properties. Plaza Properties and Dan O'Brien have managed departments in Salinas since the 1980s. Plaza Properties believes in the mission of the Gill Basketball Academy and is proud to contribute to our podcast. Soy Alberto Murillo de Sunrun Solar. Una de las mejores movidas económicamente para un dueño de casa es poner paneles solares a su casa. Mi vida cambió desde que mi esposa y yo compramos un sistema solar de la Costco. Se me hizo tan increíble la oportunidad que en cuanto miré que era una buena movida, apliqué para trabajar en Sunrun Solar. Ahora Sunrun está dando hasta $5,000 por persona que quiera trabajar un poco y recomendar a parientes y amistades para poner paneles solar. Los biles de luz seguirán aumentando más y más espantosamente que toda la gente que califica pondrá paneles solar a sus casas y se ahorrarán miles de dólares. Para poder ahorrar miles o poder ganar hasta cinco mil dólares, háblenme ahora mismo. Alberto Murillo, 831-206-6880. 831-206-6880. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Ganas, Leading from the Heart. I am Jose Gill, coach, teacher, father, husband, and a lifelong believer in Ganas, which translates to desire. Desire, which our next podcast guest. Today on the show, we are privileged to have one of my lifelong friends and uh one of my brothers that um, has had a huge impact on my life as a, as a person, Will Henry. William Henry, thank you for being on the show, my man. 
No, no problem, man. Thank you for having me. You know, as a lifelong friend, lifelong friends, that's what I said. We're brothers, actually. They're brothers, hermano, my brother from another mother. And we talk about, you know, you, uh, you've had a, 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 things in your life have, um, for many of us, we just dream of, you know, being considered the number one high school football wide receiver in the nation, you know, all American, playing Division One football, and uh, just being a, an amazing person. That that goes with all those accolades. You know, we 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 want to know more about you and 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 your story because because um, besides the the football portion of it, um, I want our podcast listeners to know what kind of person you are. You know, the uh, mm-hmm. currently site manager at Shelter in Place in in the Bay Area, right, San Francisco, to be specific, impacting yeah. lives, changing mm-hmm. lives, and and giving back to those in need. So. Without any further ado, uh, can you please tell us a little bit more about yourself, your upbringing, your family, you know, education? Yeah. So I was actually um, born in Richmond, Richmond, California. <clears throat> Lived there till I was about 12. Um, and then at about 12 years old, um, started to get into trouble in school, started ditching school. And so my mother shipped me to live in uh, what's known as Pismo Beach. Um San Luis Obispo area. <clears throat> and what people don't know is that there's a prison in San Luis Obispo. It's called CMC, uh, California Men's Colony. And uh, my dad was in prison for about five or six years and got released and paroled there. Um, and so when I started getting in trouble in school, my mother figured it would be a better place for me to live and grow up and, 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 and better education. So she shipped me to live there, which was probably the best thing she could have ever did. Um, the education, the schools were much better. There was really nothing to do but go to school and play sports. Um, when I got down there, I immediately dove into playing football, basketball, running track. Um, I thought I was pretty good, you know. Uh, I, I think I was okay. Um, I had some teammates like uh, Jamie Martin, who played 15 years in the NFL, uh, played with Napoleon Kaufman, uh, uh, Mark Brunel, and, and some other people. Um, and then I got a chance to uh, run track. Um, I was a state champion in the 110 higher hurdles and then uh, became a pretty decent football player um, with everybody else's help. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, the majority of my family is in the Bay Area, Richmond, San Francisco, Oakland. Um, I was the only one that was, besides my father, that, that was in Pismo Beach. So. And, and let's talk about that. Um, you were an All-American football player coming out of Arroyo Grande High School. Uh, what was that feeling like, knowing that you were considered the top wide receiver in the nation at yeah. that time for yeah. a 17, 18-year-old so um, kid? Yeah. It, at the time, because I ran track, too, and, and I, was, I was probably one of the best um, 110 high hurdlers in high school in the country as well but i had no idea it was for me it was it was kind of like um i really didn't watch college sports at that time like i wasn't really into sports like i am now um you know i I was a laker fan um i I rarely watched football um i i was more into like surfing and skating and so at the time i really didn't understand the magnitude of, of literally being the best um wide receiver in the country um, until I started receiving letters in the mail 
um, and I would get upwards of about 50 letters a day. Um, so many letters in the mail that that they had to change the address that my mail started coming to the school. And I would go through my mail in the morning instead of um, at home. Uh, but I really had no idea of, of what that meant. Um, I think when I realized how um, popular I was is one day um, I got a phone call or over the intercom system, I was told to go to the coach's office. And when I walked in, Lou Holtz was sitting there with my high school football coach. And at that time, you know, um, Rocket Ishmael um, and um, Tony Rice, Jerome Bettis, were, all those guys were at Notre Dame. And so I, I knew those guys or knew of them. And so to see the head coach sitting in, in the office, you know, there to talk to me was, was a, so, was, was so a, wait, yeah. so, so let's back up. So you were, you show up to school, high school, <laughs> yeah. high school. I'm, and, in, I'm in class that day. I'm in class and, and you hear over the intercom, come to the office. And usually that's a, uh, your mother's picking you up. Or, 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 or your parents are dropping off something, your PE clothes that you forgot at home, or you're in right. trouble, right? Or you're in trouble. And uh, this was a Lou Holtz. At the, time, at the time I was getting recruited, so yes. I kind of knew, knew that coaches would come by. Like, I, you know, I, I've had the, the USC coach come by, the, the, the University of Washington coach come by. I had, you know, I'd get phone calls from, you know, uh, coaching University of Nebraska, stuff like that. But you know, it was Notre Dame. So to see Lou Holtz sitting in the office, it, I was like, Ooh, yeah. wow. You felt, you felt like Rudy, right? You felt Rudy, like the movie Rudy, <laughs> who, who was at Notre Dame. And so, you yeah. know, besides Notre Dame, what other schools were recruiting you? And what were your top choices? Um, what were your flattering choices at the time, you know? Um, I, I think every Pac-10 school recruited me except for Stanford. Um I mean, I was getting recruited by Purdue, um, Northwestern, Florida. I didn't get re recruited by um, Miami, uh, but Florida State. Um, I got recruited by almost every every college in the country. Um, my thing when I had discussions with my mom about school was, one is she really didn't want me to go to school in the South, you know, because we're from California and, and there was this, this kind of scary thing going on in the South. Um, and two, for me, I rarely ever played football in the rain. So I definitely didn't want to go anywhere where it snowed. But my college coach told me, take your visits. So I went to Notre Dame. I went to Nebraska. Um, I went to Arkansas for a track visit. Um, went to University of Utah. Uh, um, I didn't have to take an official visit to USC because I went there almost every weekend to watch the games. And, and I didn't have to pay for it. So we just drove down. And then I, I went to Fresno State um, and um, I chose Fresno State because it was close to home. Um, I, I fell in love with the coaches. Um, they threw the ball and um, it was in California. My mother didn't fly. Um, she rarely drove. And so it was a chance for her to for, for me to still play big time ball and and she could see me play. So now at Fresno State, because. Uh... That's where we, we met. And, uh, right. you know. First day of school. Yes. We, met, we met first day of school. Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah. So, you know, you, you have a, you had, I remember in our dorm, we had Lorenzo Neal, great NFL player, 
You know, he was a right. at that time he was a California high school athlete of the year, male athlete of the year, right? Year, year, right. right. Year. He was a wrestler and he played football, right? And he played so, yeah. football. So uh, let's talk yeah. about some of those stories and and uh, um, some of those experiences at Fresno State because there's there's many amazing stories that you have and and I love hearing them mm-hmm. and I want our podcast listeners to hear them because. You know, it was part of your journey. Yeah, I think that um, the thing I think about is how much I how much I didn't have and didn't realize I didn't have it until I moved into the dorms. And then you would you would see that the person next to you actually had a computer and and he actually had a phone. Um, I remember. um I mean, it was a struggle. I mean, you know, when, when you're an athlete and you live in the dorms, you don't get any money uh, because all your scholarship money goes towards your food and and your living. Um, and then when spring ball is over, the food stops. So you really have to kind of have either money in the bank or parents that can pay for that. Um, but some of the funny stories, man, I mean, uh, you know, we, we used to do some things that were just kind of, stupid but we were little kids you know um we didn't have a lot of money to eat so what we would do is you know in those days when they would deliver pizza they never locked the doors so what we would do is we'd order five pizzas for the different dorms and when the pizza man went to go deliver pizza for one dorm we'd open the door grab a two to three of them and <laughs> run back to the dorm so we could eat dinner because <laughs> uh, we didn't have no food yes um me personally Everybody on my floor, pretty much almost everybody on my floor had football sweats, turf shoes. Um, you know, I, I made sure, hey, you know, I got some turf shoes, man. If you, you know, um, what, what's your shoe size? Okay, $25, <laughs> you know, um, I did what I had to do to survive. So, and you know, and, and, and some of those teammates that you had uh, ended up going to the league, right? To the NFL. Um, yeah. Did, did you see uh, that Marquez, coming? Uh, Say it again. Did you see that coming? Uh, I, I don't think you 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 realize that until they start, um, you know, the scouts start coming around. Um, but all of them were really good. I mean, you know, Mark Barsotti, Trent Dilfer, uh, Marquez Pope, Lorenzo Neal, um, Ron Rivers, Malcolm Sebron. Uh, who is Malcolm Floyd? Most of you guys know him, Malcolm Floyd. His his younger brother played for the for the uh, Chargers. There's a lot of guys um, who ended up uh, playing ball um, that you 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 knew were good, but you didn't you didn't know how good they were. J.D. Williams was the number one uh, defensive back taken by the Bills. He played in all those Super Bowls. Um, so there's a lot of guys that I played with um, who ended up having long careers in the NFL. What what? football game at Fresno State stood out to you the most that you still remember? Was it a ball game, some kind of highlights um, that you could that you could share with us? I, I think for me, it's my first catch ever um, was at uh, uh, UNLV. Um, that's the first time I've ever, I ever caught a ball. It was my sophomore year, um, and uh, it was a broken pass. Um, I caught it and ran probably about another 15, 20 yards and got and got caught by a, a, a lineman uh, to tackle me, but it was my it was my first my first catch at Fresno State it was the, the most memorable one for me. Yeah, I remember we used to uh, have stories when you used to come home with me to Salinas, 
and uh, you would uh, my my friends here when they found out how fast you were, right? And uh, <laughs> uh, we'd go to Closter Park. Yeah, you remember that? We'd go to Closter Park, right? And, right. and uh, I remember this story. And uh, once again, young young us young kids doing some dumb things, as you said right earlier. Right. I remember you raced one of my friends' cars, right? You remember racing Ernie yeah. down down the street. Ernie, we we, we yeah. closed the street down so you could race him in his little Chevelle. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that was a spectacle yeah, yeah. that day, and and uh, because he couldn't believe that you had uh, this world class speed, you know, what was the fastest you've ever ran the forty yard dash back in the day at your peak? Um, I think it was probably about a four, four nine, eight or something like that. Four nine, yeah, um, little 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 faster than the four five. Um, but you know, I was you know six two back then. Receivers weren't really, weren't really as big as I as I was, you know, six two, hundred ninety five pounds. Um, so, um, you know, and I got all my speed from running running track. Um, uh, I think every football player should should run track because that's where I I got all my speed from. Did you ever did you um, consider doing both at Fresno State? Um, I did run my freshman year. I ran indoor, uh, just one meet, and that was it. Um, my uh my coach was all about football um nothing else um you know he didn't want us to have earrings no tattoos um he was all about football so um, that was it what was your proudest moment as an athlete oh wow um i I guess it kind of it kind of goes in waves i think my proudest moment in high school uh believe it or not is is when um i was running the 330 hurdles at a meet and one of my teammates was running with me and I had won so many times that I backed off and he actually won the race, um, and ended up winning, um, MVP of the meet. Um, and I know that kind of sounds weird, but, um, it, it taught me a lesson never to back off. Um, yes. um, as far as Fresno state is concerned, um, just being a part, um, of, uh, a team that had so many great guys and, and the the whole time I was there, for me, um, I really enjoyed um, playing. So after your football career, you began to get involved in the community, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What inspires you to get involved and to give back? And can you talk about your job now? Because you're doing amazing things. And um, as we see you on social media posting, um, kind of like your daily your daily routine at times. Um, and yeah. it, it's, it's empowering for, for us that follow you. Talk to our listeners about that. I, I think sometimes, well, I started, I started helping the homeless a um, long time ago, over 20, I think it's like 22 years ago. Um, I started in Sacramento um, working with the homeless. And then I, I transitioned over into um, Las Vegas and started helping the, the veterans, the um, homeless veterans. Um, but it's a completely different world. Um, I do it um, not necessarily for the pay. I mean, the pay is, is okay. And I feel kind of weird sometimes saying that because I I earn a great living um, helping other people who are less fortunate. Yes. Um, but I get gratification. I wake up every day with a purpose. I go to bed every night, even though it's hard, it's tough. Uh, but helping uh, people that are less fortunate um, 
is gratifying every day. So um, you have this whole other world. There are people that really don't have anything, um, a place to shower, a place to sleep, um, a lot of things that we take for granted, um, just being able to uh, take a bath, brush their teeth, um, you know, say, hey, let me go in the fridge and just grab a, uh, some water or soda or something like that. We take th those things that we take for granted are, are the things that, that these these people in this community, they're really thankful for. Um, and so for me, um, it's more of I'm just kind of giving back and I'm, I'm doing what what um, I'm giving back to this community. Um, and because I was so blessed in my life. Um, and so I, I, I've um, probably in the last six years been helping the homeless in San Francisco in different capacities. Um, so I'm, I'm real proud of that. And what, what can people do in their own communities? Let's say they don't live in the San Francisco community because there's we have this problem. It's it's uh, in all our society. Right. What can people do to get more involved and to give back like you're doing? What I will tell you is that it doesn't take a lot. Um, uh, just the other day, I, I was driving to work, and you know, I, I sometimes I, you know, I, I'm, I'm listening to myself. I'm listening to God, and and He just kind of commanded me to just buy some food and give it out. Um, I look at it like this, you know. Sometimes now, especially during the COVID. Um, we aren't spending money that we would normally spend either at the restaurants or going out to the clubs or, or doing the things that we would normally do. It doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a lot of money. It doesn't take a lot of time. You could take $20 um, of your money. You can go to a dollar, dollar store. You can get, um, you know, five loaves of bread. You can buy some peanut butter and some jelly and you can make sandwiches, cut them up and give them out to the homeless. Um, just that act alone, you know, might save someone's life um, um, or brighten their day or inspire them to do other things. So it's just it's small things you can do. You know, and, and we never know who we're going to impact or whose life we're going to change through our actions and, and um, just by being nice to people, right? Just yeah. by being nice to people. Has there been a story or a, of a person that you've run across that you've come across that that you've gotten to know the person and and uh, and then wondered, wow, how did they get to this point, and what could have prevented it? I mean, there's a lot of stories. I mean, I I can tell you one of of somebody who I, a, a a client I had a conversation with, and she asked me to proofread her resume. I looked at it and I felt dumb myself. I was like, oh, holy smoke. I mean, she, <laughs> she had two master's degrees. And she, I mean, you know, it, so it, it, sometimes it just, it, sometimes people can't handle certain situations and they crack and they have no support system. Or it could be as, as small as someone losing their job. Um, there was somebody I met who was in the, um, the navigation center. Um, he had, was trying to get back on track. Um, he finally made it to the point where he was going to an interview at the airport. And I remember running, running into him um, and saying, listen, you know, he said he needed a shirt for an uh, uh, interview. And it was against our policy to do it, but I did it anyway. I went and bought him an interview shirt. He got the job, right? Um, and uh, one of the most proudest moments 
for him, he got the job, right? He he ended his probation. He finally got his housing. Um, and this is somebody who in the beginning had been sleeping in his car. So there was a slow progression. Um, and I remember when he finally passed his probation and, he, and, and I saw him and he said, hey, man, I'm taking a trip to because he worked for the airline so he could fly for free. He said, hey, man, I'm taking a trip to Vegas this weekend, man, and I'm going to have a great time. And so that that to see that progression in somebody from the beginning, sleeping in their car, no hope, no job no income to now gainfully employed a place to stay enjoying life is is what it's all about so so wow that's that's such a powerful story it are there any services organizations out there um related to this topic that you could tell our listeners about because sometimes we just don't know right um that they exist and uh our basketball academy through which we do this podcast is all about giving back to the community and impacting and helping yeah. the youth. Um, and we do it through our actions of uh, such low cost to be part of our academy. We offer scholarships mm-hmm. for those that can't afford it. Um, right. you know, we, we try to recruit coaches that have huge hearts, that have their mind and are comfortable with themselves and giving back to the community without expecting anything in return. We're all volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So are there some organizations out there that maybe we just don't know about that you could uh, share with us on on how we can continue to give back and impact communities in our area? Um, listen, I, you know, I, you know, I follow you, man, and I'm 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 extremely proud of everything you've done, everything you've accomplished and all the things that you're going to accomplish. Um, so so with that said, it's just real easy. You, you just kind of. Um, it doesn't, you don't necessarily need to find an organization. Um, you can do things on your own, um, whether it's helping the homeless, whether it's helping um, kids or, or that have some sexual trauma in their history or, or abuse in their, in their past. Um, you, you definitely can Google those things. But I, what I would do is I would go down to the county office and, and um, the city office and, and just inquire. Um, uh, but but um, I think you guys are doing a great job, and, and and I would, you know, if I were living in Salinas or if I was living anywhere near, um, I would definitely be a part of, of what you guys are, or what your mission statement is and, and, and the things that you guys are doing. So for our podcast listeners out there, and especially our young ones that are, mm-hmm. you know, what advice would you have for them? Um, because we have many kids who, who want to be a college football player. You know, they want to run track at the university. You know, and, and then they have dreams of, of being a pro athlete. Um, right. You, as a, as a former pro athlete, um, and, and your journey now reflecting back, what advice would you give um, our young podcast listeners out there that are, that are wanting to follow their dream? Um, make, 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 make good decisions. Um, if you make a bad decision, own up to it. Um, stay focused stay in school, develop long lasting relationships um, and just enjoy the ride. Um, it's going to be stressful sometimes. It's, it's going to be, there's going to be some ups and downs, but enjoy the ride. But, but most importantly, stay focused. And, and when you talk about, um, I want to piggyback on what you just said about, about um, make good decisions, social media nowadays for young, right. for young uh Young people, not even actually young people, even adults. You know, sometimes right, what you right. what you share and what you post and what you repost and, and like, 
right. all that can come back to haunt you, you know, and, and we always come tell back, kids in our back. academy, be careful what you think is funny because it could be offensive right. to somebody else. You know, that's someone else's daughter, someone else's sister or, you mm-hmm. know, and so <laughs> to that topic, what do you say? I always say until you can pay your own bills, right? Until you can pay your rent, pay your own car note, um, until you're self-sufficient, I think that you should um, be respectful. Um, you should be respectful at all times. But I think that when you're younger, you you have to understand that um, people see you in a, in a completely different light um, and that um, you should just be respectful. Um, when you become an adult and, and you can you can navigate your own life, um, then, you know, you have the decisions or the options to, to go left or right. Um, but when you're, when you're a kid, um, when you're, a, you're a young man, um, and especially when you want to be a college athlete, um, and you are asking people to believe in you, you have to make sure that the things that you put out. Wow. So we're, we're, um, on the downhill of our interview now. And, uh, we're here with Will Henry. Um, Ganas is the name of our show, and you exemplify that mm-hmm. perfectly as a an, uh, an, an elite athlete who um, cares about the underrepresented and uh, and shows it through your actions in, in, in community involvement. What what advice mm-hmm. would you have for our podcast listeners when it comes to the topic of Ganas? Because Ganas desire that's you, my man. When I when I think of 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 Ganas, you know, you you come up, and that's why we invited you to be a guest on our show, because uh, you, there's nothing that you can't do, you know. And and so, what advice would you have for the podcast listeners? Wow, now that's that, that. Once first of all, thank you. Um, I think about when I saw that, I thought about how far we've come, right? Um. When I looked up the definition of Ghana, it, it said win. And so based on everything that we've been through in our life, we have won and and we're giving back. And so what I would say to, to the listeners is for every um, gift that you give, give back to. Wow. Powerful. You know, here's our, as we wind down um, this interview, we, we, we're going to go to our segment we call Carne Asada Talk, right? Backyard barbecuing <laughs> and uh, talking, you know, some quick fire questions we're going to throw at you. And then just, just answer right. it straight from the heart, whatever comes first. Okay, yeah. so our first one, right. uh, what's your favorite movie? We want to get to know you. Uh, it's it's uh, Rudy. Rudy, okay. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have a free haircut that's decent or a haircut that costs you $30? <laughs> Uh, a haircut that cost me $30. Okay. What's your motto you live by? Um, don't worry about things I have no control over. Who's your favorite NFL team and why? I don't have one, but I'm engaged now, so it's the Dallas Cowboys. Oh. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. Well, you're a 49 fan. Yeah. Here, here's a here's a final one. If you were a movie or TV character, who would you be, and why? Ooh, movie, TV character. Oh, I just watched. Uh, oh, oh, I just watched. Um, what's the name of it? Where the guy eat, he eats people. 
uh, Viper. It starts with a V. Um, oh, I forgot the name of the movie. Okay, okay. We'll leave Venom. That. I mean, Venom. Venom. Okay, Venom. Wow, it's been great. Uh, Will having you on our sh- on our podcast. Uh, keep on doing the the amazing things that you're doing, and uh, you know you're you you've inspired many, and hopefully you continue to inspire people and uh, change lives because that's what you do. Thank you, man. You 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 keep uh, doing exactly what you're doing, man. Like I said, I'm I'm proud of my brother, um, from another mother, and um, and I love your family. I love you. I love everything that you guys are doing. And, um, and, uh, yeah, so. Thank you. And that's our show today. We'd like to thank William Henry for being a special guest on our podcast from our GBA family to yours. Continue to lead with Ganas. Thank you for listening to Ganas leading from the heart. If you found this podcast episode interesting, please make sure to share with your family and friends. We have a valuable collection of episodes with inspiring guests. We'd appreciate if you subscribe to our show, Ganas, Leading from the Heart. Gave me a boost to the top, now I'm fair that we're running from the cops. Now this is America.